If you're looking for a clean, sober, professional, academic, well-researched, historically accurate, generally accurate, serious podcast on Southern folklore, ghosts, bizarre events, and unique people, this podcast is not for you. However, if you've decided you can live with that, then join us for The Strange South. Hi, Marleya. Hi, Hi Courtney. Hi, Courtney. Hi, y'all. It's hot as balls outside. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. It's not as hot today, but yeah, it's been hot. Yeah. As- it's supposed to be really hot next week. Mm-hmm. Yes. We've had heat indexes in heat indices. In, indices. In the uh, 108. 108, I think. 107, yeah, 108. Be- next week is going to be literal 100 temp. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's not cool. Plus heat index. That's not so bad. Cool. I know our last show that just posted today, <laughs> Mother's Day. We were um, <laughs> in May talking what about is it now. It's June, uh, June eighteenth today. Yeah, we were talking about how it was so cool that day, and I had made a refreshing drink for hot weather, mm. and I was listening to it as I sat by the pool in ninety five degrees. <laughs> Yeah, that sounds good. That lemon, lavender, sparkling. Yeah. <laughs> well, and you know, we got another lemon sparkling thing today. Oh, I like the lemon. And sparkles. we really needed the refreshing today. We did. I did think of that. That's how we ended up here. Well, kind of. Tell us. Tell us about it. Well, stood. Part of the reason everything is. St- <laughs> we're, we're delayed because of. All kinds of things. We can talk. Oh, I, I figured issues. maybe we can do the, One the is after Italy, talk today so. with like updates on our trips and stuff. Yeah. One is Italy. We went to Italy, uh, Marley and I and, some, uh, and her family. And so I was going to make Aperol Spritz because my friend Barbara Cook told me, <laughs> I'm going to call her out here. I would drink them every day when I was in Italy. And I said, no, I want, I don't like Aperol. And I drank them like five a day oh, yeah. <laughs> when I was in Italy. It was so hot and they were so refreshing. And so I was like, going to do it. Going to come home. Make an Aperol spritz. Go to ABC store. We don't have Aperol. I'm like, what is up with that? So I had brought some limoncello home from the Amalfi Coast. You can look it up. Famous for its lemons, limoncellos. And um, I decided to make us a limoncello spritz instead. So limoncello from Amalfi. We had just a little bit of that. And then we had to use what we bought. But it says imported from Italy. So we'll see. And Prosecco, which is basically Italian champagne. Yes. Though they'd probably get mad at you if you said it like You that. can't say sh- Well, yes. So apparently it's less classy, quote unquote, than champagne. And it is sweeter, mm-hmm. but not really. It's just the way they process the grapes, they said. Of course, they're different because they're grown in Italy. And a dash of club soda. And limoncello no. is 30% alcohol, by the way, which I didn't know till I brought this home. And it's pretty much the same as any hard liquor, which is 40%. That, like Jack and other whiskeys and vodka. We did drink straight Mention. like the stuff that came from Italy. Italy. Yes. Oh, just mm-hmm. smooth. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, cheers. So that's what Salud. we did. Patrice had a wholly different experience. <laughs> Salud. But like I said, we can update later. You can give we the can. now if you want. Yeah. If you want to hear about our exciting, I mean, everything fucking happened like all within three weeks. Yeah, yes, man. it did. It really did. <laughs> but anyway, I don't even know who's going talk. first because we got all well, like fucking weird. Yeah. So <laughs> you went first. <laughs> So why don't you go first? I'll go first. At this point, 
you will have heard our live episode, which was amazing. It was Romar so and fun. Corbo, and we oh, such a great experience. We predicted and that, though. We did predict it, but now we can say all those things with the knowledge of what actually happened. It was awesome. And the fun people that we met and the coolness. So, um, so at that episode, I did... Um, a goat man. And I think, right. I, I think I, I think I said oh, out man. loud that I was planning to do a tale of two goat men. So this is the second goat man oh, story. Excellent. I did not remember that, but love it. Well, because I was looking up this guy and there were like two prominent goat men. Yes. I remember you saying that. So I was like, oh, which one shall I do? And I decided to do the one that had the local flavor for, uh, for our Anist or for our Oxford, Alabama crowd. But this one is different. So there have been other goat men, as we know. Actually, we already know one because Patrice did a goat man story. For Halloween. For Halloween, episode 43, The Goat Man Ate My Brat, which was... That like, was scary. That was scary. As and fuck. the goat man in that was like based on like native lore about a creature that had the what was it it was the head of a goat and the body of a man but could shapeshift and the right. whole story was based like on that skin, shapeshifting yeah the skinwalker skin yeah walker. that's all i think about when you say goat man's i know i know that one scared me i, I could that see, was really good i could see the story in my mind <laughs> mm-hmm. but there have been a lot of similar stories about goat men and a lot of origin stories about where they came from so like maryland texas louisiana lots of goat men stories so i wanted to talk about a bunch of them but i'm gonna start with kentucky because it's very like location specific. Mm. Shout out to cousin Levi in Kentucky. Yes. Hi, cousin Levi. 15 miles east of Louisville, there's a little area called Pope Lake. It's what? Funny. Pope Lake, as in Lake. La, 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 la. Like Lake. Yes. Pope. Pope Lake. Uh oh. In Pope Lake, there's a creek called the Pope Lake Creek <laughs> that winds through Pope Lake Park. Pope Lake Creek. <laughs> right yeah. by Pope Lake Post Office. Pope Lake Creek. <laughs> And so there's a train trestle there. Piggly Weekly. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm done. I'm done. The pig of Pope Lick. <laughs> Down the street. All right. So so there's a train trestle there and it crosses over the Pope Lick Creek. Pope Lick Creek. And it's like 90 feet off the ground. Ooh. I, I don't do measurements very well, so I don't always understand it. So I had to look it up. So if you're local to where we are in Alabama, like Gadsden, Alabama has Nakalula Falls. That is 90 feet off the oh, ground. nine stories. The, yeah, exactly. Nine, <laughs> 90 feet is nine, eight to nine stories. And the height of Cape Hatteras Lighthouse, if you're in North Carolina, that's that's 90 feet. Thank you. That's very useful. Mm-hmm. It's really high. Yeah. That's what we're getting at. Big. And it's a very narrow trestle. So there's no platforms on either side of the train trestle. So if you watch videos of the train crossing the trestle from the train's point of view, like videos from the front of the train, it looks like you're just like riding out into the trees, like with it's creepy. Like when you're riding on Lake Pontchartrain in the in the Amtrak. Probably. Yeah. It's like you're just in the water. Oh, yeah, absolutely. There's like because there's just no context. All of a sudden it looks like you're just floating. And if you're underneath. It's so if you're in the train, it's like there's just trees. There's just trees mm-hmm. and it's coming out through the trees in the trees. And if you're underneath, like you see all these tall bracings underneath and the bridge, it's all just lined with red rust. And it looks like something from ages ago. So it's said that under this trestle, there lives a creature that is a half man, half animal. And they call it the Pope Lick Monster. Well, it's enough room, really, for him to have like a condominium. Yeah, right. right? I mean, he could have (laughs) eight stories. 
This landlord called the public monster who rents his rents out to Bigfoot <laughs> and so, other goat men, scary ones. Obviously, so many, but not scary one. Yes, Goblins. oh my god, this needs to be a comic strip. <laughs> now, whether this creature is half goat or half sheep depends on who you ask. There's like stories of the sheep man of Popelik, but it's they that I guess they call it the Popelik monster, so it could be goat or sheep. But both sheep and goats have those creepy ass eyes yeah. that like mm. make them the stuff of like nightmares. So they're like rectangular. I, I yeah. said they're both scary. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're like cat's eyes, but sideways. It's like they're turned the wrong mm-hmm. way. They're creepy. Most people say that it has the body of a man and the head of a goat or a sheep, like with the horns and the curled horns if it's a sheep. Some people say it's more like a satyr that has mm-hmm. like a hairy body with like cloven hooves and the head of a man, but still the horns. Everybody says it smells like death. Yeah, of course right. it does. And I was nope. just thinking, yeah, like a crick underneath a train trestle in the woods. Okay. Like plenty of things. Yeah. Yeah. So <clears throat> one story about this is that the monster kind of started out mutilating, mutilating. <laughs> have, have another drink. Mutilating. <laughs> God damn it. Mutilating <laughs> pets and livestock in like the 40s and 50s. And then it moved on to like preying on people who came across it. And maybe like it would murder this. Some people said it would like tear people limb from limb. Like it's a really nasty thing. And then it would or it would hunt them down and rape them. Now, this is interesting because this is from like old time, like I think anyways, this is from like old time, like satyr lore because Mm -hmm. you're supposed to be kind of satyrs were like sexy (laughs) beasts, you know. And they always had erections in the sensual art of Pompeii. But Uh, (laughs) like it's dark lore. And they said, like, no matter who you are, goat man will rape you. Oh, no. Is that because do goats like try to hunt people? Is that like what the thing is? Dogs do. I don't know if goats do. I don't know. Like, like, where did that come from? I don't have a clue. I know that goats like are gross when they want to mate. That's all I know is like that. I learned at one point because I wanted to raise goats. And but if you buy a billy goat, you have to be prepared for the stench mm. of a billy goat because it's very unique and they do it on purpose. So when they're trying to like attract mates, they basically like shoot whatever testosterone laden stuff like cats who out are their back cut. end and then they take their tail and they wave it around to like basically like shoot the stuff even further. So like it's like chum the water. It is. <laughs> it's totally what and they're all doing. The girls go loud. I know, right? It is nasty. <laughs> so I was like, yeah, I don't want to deal with that shit. I yeah. don't know. People say that about horses though. And it's more I think it's with horses, I mean it's because of their bulk, I'm sure. But also the way that livestock are made. I don't want to get into like anatomy here but the way that livestock are made when they want to mate and they're males their penis becomes like four times as large you know it like unsheaths mm-hmm, right. and it's like massive so maybe that's why people thought that about goats hmm. because i'm sure goats are the same way i don't know based I, on nothing yeah not gonna google that no don't i'll don't google do it, it. <laughs> you can google it so <laughs> i already looked up the pope like, train trestle this is so it's but one way or another, this is kind of a dark lore. Okay. Sorry. With this this creature that like, you know, does these things. So and they say that you can hear it in the woods at night because it has a high pitched squealing oh. voice and that resembles a train whistle, is how they say about its voice. Oh. And most the most common stories that you hear is that not that it like attacks people or the oh, sorry, I got distracted. <laughs> <laughs> The most common stories you hear aren't about it tearing people limb from limb. They're about it hypnotizing people. 
that it has power over people's minds and that either through its eyes or its voice or something, if you get too close to it, it can hypnotize you. And the one thing that it uses its power over you to do is to make you walk the train trestle. Oh. And when people do, they're either hit by a train Mm -hmm. or they jump to their death to avoid it. Oh, wow. This is the story of the Pope Lick Monster. Okay. And there's a there's a podcast called the Beargrass Thunder podcast that talked in its first episode, and I'll link to this too, about the danger of this trestle is really what it came down to is the trestle, the train trestle itself was constructed in the 1800s and dozens and dozens of deaths have happened and countless injuries because of this train trestle. And he in in the article, they they listed the people who had, you know, verifiably died because of it. And almost all of them were between the ages of 14 and 20 because, and you know, sometimes it would be homeless folks. Sometimes it would be suicide attempts, but most of the time it's teenagers daring each other to run the train We know why Mm -hmm. they're doing it because they're 14 to 20 and they're like, exactly. Same reason we went out. Let's get up on the train. Exactly. Because we can beat it. We can beat it. Mm -hmm. And um, more recently, cryptid hunters. Mm-hmm. Who go up there because they've heard these stories oh, of this goat man? Have they died? Mm-hmm. Oh, wow! The trestle looks really old and rickety, and people assume that it doesn't actually have trains on it anymore, and that this is all just a thing. But it has up to twenty-five freight trains running across mm-hmm. it every day. Yeah, yep. that doesn't stop. Um, oh no, yeah, no. we've seen really rickety ones. Oh trains yeah, on it oh yeah, here. and and because of the woods, or like I said, you know, when you watch the videos, like it's coming straight out of the woods and it's like floating in the air over the trees. Well, because of the woods, all the sound is dampened. So if you're actually on the track, on the bridge, you don't hear it until it's pretty close to you. Mm -hmm. You also don't see the headlamps. You should feel it, though. You should feel it. That better be part of the dare. Maybe it is. Even when you feel it. It could be. Wait till you see it. Yeah. Then jump non-stories. Well, you die. No shit. I mean, really, because it's not like a creek is deep enough to Mm-mm. really, you know. It's not for non-stories. Not for non-stories. It's like basically yeah. ankle deep. So at, all I could think of when I was reading about this was Stand By Me. Do you remember? Me too. That, I thought about it already. That scene on the train track in yes. Stand By Me where they're stuck on the bridge and there's no platform Mm-mm. on either side. Mm-hmm. And like barely. Teddy and River Phoenix get to the other side. Mm-hmm. And then Jordy, That's- Gordy. Gordy Gordy and Vern are like stuck on the train tracks running and Gordy's just screaming like, get up, get up, run, 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 run. I had to rewatch it today. I was thinking about Lost Boys. Oh, no, that's vampires. Same kind of thing. (laughs) (laughs) I was thinking of Stand By Me when I first saw the movie. I've also been trying desperately to get my kids to watch Stand By Me because I think they would love it. And Mm -hmm. I think it stands up. I think it's Mm -hmm. a great book. I think it's a like great story and I think it's a great movie. Mm -hmm. But anyway, so I had to watch that again today because it was all I was thinking of. And it's true. I mean, they're they're little kids in the movie, but like they're trying to run away from this train and train railroad ties are not like pavement. Like you can't just run full speed down a railroad track. You have to like hope you're not going to get your ankle caught or, you know, you have to actually be careful. Right. Yeah. It's really hard to outrun a train. Yeah. 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 You you don't. Um, And and that's why most people don't seem to be able to do it. On this um, Beargrass Thunder podcast, they were talking about that. They said, quote, few people possess the strength and endurance also to hang on to the side of the track for five to seven minutes that it would take the train to pass. Hell no. All while generating vibrations enough Mm -hmm. to shake the entire ground 100 feet below. Yeah. And I found video from the train of a 2016 incident where a woman named Raquel Bain and her boyfriend, David Nee, were up there on the trestle as cryptid hunters looking for the goat man. And a Norfolk Southern Railway train appeared 
and they just couldn't get out of the way. Holy and in shit. the video, you don't see, you just see them kind of disappear from the frame of the video because the train can't stop. Right. And the video is from the perspective of the front of the train. So you don't see any, it's not gruesome, but it's really disturbing. Right. Because you can see in the headlamps that there are these two people standing there and one of them falls and like falls flat on the tracks and the other one's trying to get them up. And because the train's so tall, you actually don't know what happens mm. as the train moves forward. But what happened is one of them fell to their death and the other one lived and he was the one that lived and he got charged with a felony. Yeah, it is. A How felony. did he live? He hung on to the side of the train track. Oh, wow. He was like a bodybuilder or a personal trainer oh, or something like that. Oh, my God. And they were from Ohio and they had gone down to Kentucky to look for this, this critter. There was. And as we know, we talked about this high speed rails after we were in Europe. And oh, yeah, there's no set schedule. That's why we can't have them because the train just like I would think you would want to check a schedule, but I don't know that there would be one. Yeah, in the U.S. They get deferred to because you don't know when they're coming or trains breaking down or something's happening. Even if you you tried to figure out when they were coming, you wouldn't necessarily be right. I wouldn't trust it. No, absolutely not. I mean, for God's sake, if you look at pictures of this thing, y'all insane trying Mm -hmm. to get up there Mm -hmm. and, and do this. I'm sure people would say like, oh, no, it hypnotized me to go up there. And I'm like, OK, you know, mm. I'm a storyteller with this Maybe. and all. But like, no, fuck, yeah. Get down off the train tracks. Right. So, in 1998, there was a movie called The Legend of the Pope Lick Monster. It's a short it's it's a short film. It's 16 minutes long. You watched it. I will link to it. Oh, yeah. I watched it. It's something that you can watch. <laughs> Very and, diplomatic of you. And the Northern, uh, the Norfolk Southern Railway hated it. Mm. And actually at its release night, they released a statement that said that anyone caught on the trestle would be prosecuted oh, yeah. for trespassing because Absolutely. they were like, hey, please don't do this. Mm-hmm. This is not fun. When this I is gra- not funny. When I graduated, um, well, when I didn't graduate, when my friends went to uh, MUW and graduated from there as a paralegal and her first job was in Tuscaloosa mm-hmm. as a paralegal for um, an attorney who that's what they did. So she would have to go anytime there was an accident Ooh. by a train, she would have to go and like, record it and be there and she was like you would not believe how often people get killed by trains oh my god in alabama you would think that they're not fast you know you would think that you would have time well the thing about it is is that you know it's immovable Mm -hmm. it's like it's nothing that they can do about it so it's going to happen um whether it's an accident or, you you know, intentional, you know, get oh, yeah. stuck or, or whatnot. And like I said, like those those railway, I mean, you could easily get your foot stuck. Oh, easily. On a train track mm-hmm. if you're on the train track. But people get their cars stuck on train mm-hmm. tracks. But yeah, I mean, they can't even if they start braking, yeah. they're not going to be able to brake in time. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's a massive machine. It, it doesn't have brakes that will stop it on a dime, you know. Yeah. And it, it was really bad. I think that she took a job somewhere else else because it was like really getting to just couldn't do it yeah yeah that's rough in public the region has tried to do things to mitigate the risk and this is again according to this this podcast like i said i'll link to this Mm -hmm. because these guys seem cool they talked to the railway about adding platforms back on either side, but then they were like, I don't know if that would help or hurt because then would more people, people go up and come try up there and, do and be like, yeah. And mm-hmm. then the land that's around the trestle in that park around the creek by the Piggly Wiggly is, <laughs> is part of the parklands of Floyd's Fork now, which is like a tributary that the creek kind of comes off of, I think. And they, um, they created a walking path that goes around the trestle connecting that park to other parks and um, other places around that loop. And so 
the site is home to a haunted hike through trail that they do. That's called the oh. legend at Poplick. So they're trying to like, okay, well, if you want to do this, come do it this time, you know? And they, these guys say that the hike is really cool mm-hmm. and they were like, okay. And they even said like, why don't you create a monument that is a statue of the monster so that people who come for cryptid hunting can like go and take a pic like they do with Mothman, right? you know, come and take a picture with it or, you know, whatever underneath but the, the lore trestle. already exists. Mm-hmm. And so people are still going to do it. Yeah. And that's what I was like, okay, so what am I now telling this story? But I'm telling this story to y'all, mm-hmm. our listeners and y'all not a bunch of dumbasses. So <laughs> I'm assuming that you're not going to go off and climb this goddamn do train not trestle. Do it. <laughs> Do not try to walk the train trestle. Do the trail. Self-preservation, my friends. Right. I just had to say that before I go on. Back to the monster. Back to the monster and the monster stories. Like I said, there are versions of this in other places. Texas is one. Maryland is one. And each one is a little different. And the Maryland story is that, and you know, I'm I'm from like outside of D.C. So this one, I was like, oh, Bowie, Maryland. Okay was that there was a a man named Stephen Fletcher that was born in Baltimore in 1924 who graduated from Johns Hopkins. It was so specific, the story Ooh, that yeah. they created. Graduated from John Hopkins, mm-hmm. Johns Hopkins with degrees in medicine and chemistry and started working for the U.S. Department of Agriculture in Beltsville, Maryland. It was all very, very specific, this story. So he marries a woman named Jenny and shortly after they get married, she becomes ill with this mysterious disease. And she eventually goes into like a coma-like state that she can't be pulled out of. And so Stephen Fletcher, the scientist, is like frantically trying to find a cure for his wife. And he just throws away all moral whatever about scientific discovery and, you know, just researches day and night, 24 hours a day, trying to find a cure for his wife. It said he he began to give up hope after a while because he seemed to be able to revive her with some treatments and then she'd fall back into a comatose state. So he like burned down one of his own labs at one point because he was like going crazy and just couldn't take it anymore. And then he moved to this like remote building. It said on the USDA campus and became a recluse. And I was like a recluse on the campus, of the U S department of agriculture in Beltsville, Maryland. It was during this time period. They said that he, he started messing with like DNA splicing. Mm. Which I'm like, I don't know how this was supposed to help his wife. <laughs> but where, he, yeah, where are we going? He decided to to splice the genes of his assistant with a goat. Mm. Thus, the goat man of okay. <laughs> oh wow, that's like some backstory. I know, right? It's this massive backstory, and then it just takes like a total left turn, and you're like, what the fuck? And, the and now there's a like goat, coma, and not even that's not even the end of it. It's not just a goat man who is born of DNA splicing for really no reason in 1925. In 19, yeah, whatever time. Well, he was born in 1925, so this would have been what, oh, like 1940s, 40s, 40s okay. 50s. He was born in 25. Okay, but this is like an axe wielding goat man, mm. which I don't. I mean, because I guess well, he, he took must be the man one instead of the goat one because <laughs> oh. he can't have thumbs. Oh, yeah. I know, right? So, like, but the story says that it was started with people in the area started recognizing that their dogs were being killed. And this was kind of an old teenager's story from, like, the 50s that kind of went away. You know, I mean, it was one of those stories that people, that teenagers started to scare each other. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm, I'm probably, like, bursting the bubble here. But then adults grabbed onto to stop teenagers from, like, fucking in the park. <laughs> and... 
then in the 70s, it got revived because the neighborhood around there, and it was on Fletcher Town Road, Stephen Fletcher, Fletcher mm-hmm. Town Road. Um, the neighborhood around there, like people were finding their dogs like decapitated and like in bunches of pieces and stuff. Well, it turns yeah. out the dogs had been on the train tracks. Oh my oh. God. And that's what happens when things get hit by trains. Yeah. Yeah. If they're, especially if they're laying on them. Yeah. Like- and so like, but, but this kind of meshed with this older story and now we have a an axe wielding goat man that attacks like college co-eds in their cars in the middle of the night and their puppy dogs and their puppy dogs so that's his mo is -hmm. the axe wielding like car attacking goat man then there's 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 actually an origin story of the public the kentucky monster that has a maryland link though which is interesting and this one begins with a circus ringmaster (laughs) and his name is colonel beauregard beauregard schildnecht I like to say it with oh, the guttural. He's yeah. German. German. He's German. But and the and this story I got from Urban Legends Encrypted's page on Amino App. It said, although there are no records of any one of that name serving in the military. And I was like, you know, when I searched his name, I found a record of a Nazi chief of staff to a Nazi general in the 40s. So I'm pretty sure that's where you got that name from. <laughs> right. But this apparently was supposed to have happened in the 1930s. That this guy was the owner of a traveling circus and he would travel by train around the deep south. Nobody liked him. He was like a liar. He was a charlatan. His his little crowd of carnies was it said like that they they basically like murdered people while they went around. It was like that they oh, they just left a trail of chaos story. in their wake. Yeah, yeah I was thinking totally. Of and the, that one we watched with the Bradley Cooper. Oh yeah, the uh, what was that called? Nightmare Alley? No. Yeah, was that what it was? Was that what it was called? Something Alley? Yeah, Kate Blanchett. Yeah, um, but Nightmare it was Alley. they they were followed by kind of bad luck because they were the bad luck. What is it with Germans in the South? I don't know. Well, I kind of do know. Bigotry. That- yeah, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> is that it? Is that the answer? <laughs> oh, like why people didn't like them? Is yeah, I mean, I think maybe the bigotry of the. 40s yeah lasts forever i don't know lasts a long time yeah i'm thinking of like the because when i did the barber the phantom barber that was all about like bigotry against germans Mm -hmm. anyway von pickles (laughs) von pickles (laughs) there was one night in beltsville maryland that the circus's bearded lady according to this named madame bristellis or madame bristles hmm, Mm -hmm. discovered an infant left on her doorstep and when she picked it up, it had it was malformed and it had little stubbins in its head oh. and misshapen legs and cloven hooves. And I was like, oh, my God, this is the grunge. Like we just talked about this a couple episodes ago, though. That was like two months ago that it when I talked <laughs> about the, it was the devil baby. Right. It is like the exact same thing happened. Mm-hmm. But she took it in and she gave it food and shelter. But then the colonel, she added his shildenect. He like was like, oh, my God, another freak. And he took it and put it in a cage and he never let it out. And he would like prod it and whip it and be horrible to it. You know, they kept it imprisoned in the train and the train car and then would just let people come in and like look at it. And then it's they went. The circus train was passing through Fisherville, Kentucky, on the way to Louisville. And it crossed over this train trestle and lightning hit it. And the train just crashed, went straight off the tracks. And they think that nearly everyone died, but they're not sure because they didn't find a lot of bodies and they found a lot of body parts scattered everywhere. 
but they don't know if that's because of the train crash or it's because of the vengeful monster that they let loose when the train crashed, who went and like tore everybody limb from Mm. limb. That's the connection, I guess, between Maryland and Kentucky. But that wasn't a real train crash. Like, that was the story. That's the story. Oh, okay. That didn't really. I was like, did you find a train crash? I mean, maybe it really happened. I don't think it really happened. (laughs) No, there was no train crash. (laughs) Okay. And then there's a Texas one. And the Texas one is from the late 1800s in Denton, Texas. There was a man named Jack Kendall, and they called him the goat man. And this is probably based on fact that he owned a lot of flocks of goats. And they say that their eyes were like orange and red, which sounds creepy until you're like thinking about it. And Mm -hmm. there are goats with orange and red eyes, mostly orange. He would he lived on, you know, he'd sell the goat meat. He'd sell the cheese. He would sell as far as Shreveport, you know. But everybody thought they bought from him, but they thought he was kind of a weirdo. And people talked about him a lot. And he was he they said he was a private man. And this story was a really good one. And it was from hold on. Let me tell you who this was from before its news site. And I'll I'll put links to this. He was a private person, but they said mostly because people didn't want to ask too many questions because this was like a dude who lived with his goats. And it was a little weird. They had ideas. (laughs) (laughs) As we do now. <laughs> and they started thinking that maybe there were half man, half goat, mm. like, mm. Mm-hmm. you know, people right. wandering around the world. Mm-hmm. So one not day, from DNA splicing. Not from DNA splicing. Just the old fashioned way. Old yes. fashioned DNA <laughs> splicing. We don't need none splicing. of that. <laughs> we old, do it the normal way. Old fashioned way. DNA mixing. So, They said uh, on the 4th of July, one day, a group of men in Denton, Texas, got drunk and started riding around and they come across old Jack who was herding his goats and whatever it is happened. Some people said that he was caught stealing goats. Somebody said that somebody walked in on him having his way with his favorite goat, whose name was Delilah. Ah, oh, Delilah. (laughs) One way or another, he ended up telling these guys to get off his land and they like beat him. And they ended up killing him and they threw him into a creek Mm. nearby and they killed his goats and they threw them into a creek. The sheriff came. They had been told that this had happened, but Mm -hmm. then they couldn't find evidence of this guy or his goats in the creek. Surprising because, yeah, I know. So there'd be like, yeah, you would think there would be something. Right. It said weeks later, there was a family who was crossing a bridge near the creek. And they heard weird noises under the bridge and they crossed the bridge and they smelled a foul death stench under the bridge. Oh, yeah. It was like, shocker. But they, when they turned and looked back, they saw like a nine foot tall man holding <gasps> the dead body of, of the goat man in one arm and the head of Delilah, the goat in the other arm. Oh. And oh. that that His was mom and dad. the beginning of the goat man, I guess. <laughs> oh, wow. It's interesting about the bridge, like that Billy, that's a, Billy Goat Gruff. Yes, yes three you know, Billy Goats Gruff. Exactly. Yeah, it, it, it kind of is like a continuation, mm-hmm. I guess. And so. there, there is even a bridge attached to one of the other. Like the, if you go down a little rabbit's trail on the Maryland one, there's a bridge attached to that one too. <gasps> interesting. So they say that they think that maybe there were like hundreds of little goat critters that were fathered mm. over the time that mm. Mister Goatman had his herd. But that there was that went as far as the swamps of New Orleans. And they do connect that with the grunge. Oh, there may be some connection between the lore of this and the lore of the grunge uh, in New right. Orleans. 
Interesting. So anyway, the commonalities are interesting in all these stories, but it's like, you know, lots of stinkiness, bridges. You smell them before you see them. <laughs> Men right. with their goats. I was like, I can't really necessarily write off the idea that the last goat man we talked about didn't have some commonalities here too. Oh no, for real. Yeah. So that's and so I'll put links out for. There are like a couple little short films. There's actually a, a play that's supposed to be really good called The Trestle at Poplet Creek. That's based. It's a one act play by Naomi Wallace, and it oh. was turned into a film maybe eight years ago, ten years ago. Oh, really? It's it might actually be kind of good. I like I tried to watch it, but I couldn't I couldn't find a copy of it. So oh. that's it's not about the goat man legend. Though, oh, so disappointing. It's about mm-hmm. like sexual awakening or some shit. Mm. Oh, well, I mean, <laughs> on the public creek. Um, Pope creek. Lick. creek. Lick. All right. <laughs> Break. Yay. Break. <laughs> oh. Do you want more Strange South every week? We can help. You can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And you can join our Facebook fan group, Fans of the Strange South Podcast, to keep the chat going with our whole creepy community. Do you have a story idea for us or a story of your own to share? Email us at stories at thestrangesouth.com. Plus, if you join our Patreon, you not only help support the podcast, you get an exclusive bonus episode for every show and a discount on merch. You can find links to all of these things on our website, thestrangesouth.com, along with photos, links, and show notes from every episode, Strange South t-shirts, mugs, and other goodies. See you there. Uh, You have to start again. Plug in. Okay. Or whatever. She did. I remember. Good job. Yay. <laughs> go team, go team. Go we team. did it. We can do this together. We can. It'll take all three of us. <laughs> a third takes, of each brain. It takes a village. Let's take a village. To make a podcast. I was just going to say to raise a podcast. <laughs> to raise a podcast. <laughs> this will be the second time me telling this story. <laughs> but it's new to you. But it's new to you. It will not be new to the ladies sitting here. So you don't have to act like. <gasps> I'm telling I totally you. Will anyway. I probably will. <laughs> Oh, you'll remember. You'll be like, oh, yeah, yeah. Not I that remember. I ignore y'all, but I Google a lot of stuff that you talk about <laughs> while you're talking about it. And then when I re-listen, I'm like, I don't remember them saying that. Oh, probably because you were looking at your phone, ass. <laughs> Just that so you know, when I'm on my phone, I'm looking up what you're saying because I want perfectly. a visualization usually. Okay. Mm. Yeah. You know, and, and I, I think that is fair. And I think <laughs> I think that would be a cool aspect if we were doing this, like if we were making $15 million a year <laughs> yeah. and we were doing this full time to have like I would pictures. Google stuff and show it while you're talking <laughs> for us to show so you can see like the Piggly Wiggly by the Pope Goat. <laughs> Public goat. Public goat. So I can't even remember. That's why I have the other parts of my brain here to tell me (laughs) what it's called. Public crick. Oh, man. Okay, so today's story is brought to you by Wikipedia and a list. (laughs) Right. And it's very appropriate. And listverse. Listverse. Dot com. Listverse. Okay. And this is also going to be a little snack pack of the strange and the south. <laughs> I like that snack pack. Yeah. Because some of these topics I want to talk about and they didn't really go too, I mean, in depth about because we've talked about this before. It's like we got this idea mm-hmm. and we're like, this has got to go somewhere great. <laughs> and it like it's a paragraph. <laughs> it's a paragraph of greatness <laughs> that needs to be longer. Yeah. 
the reason I said this because in the 16th century and today, <laughs> that my, got deep wow. fast. <laughs> today, okay. Through all times, <laughs> and believe it or not, people, especially Christians, were afraid of puppets. I'm so afraid of puppets. Many people are afraid of <laughs> so puppets. many people are afraid of puppets. My brother's afraid of puppets. I don't like them at all. And this because they thought, the Christians thought, that they were demonic. They thought they were demonic because it was impossible to identify the source of a puppet's voice. Because apparently <laughs> they haven't figured that part out Christians yet. So really stupid. good ventriloquist. <laughs> oh no, Marlea. You know what my Something brother says? I would say. He's afraid of puppets because inanimate things should not take life. Exactly. That, that, that makes sounds sense. like a more well, appropriate. That's a de- demonic. It, oh, mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Or yeah, they I mean, could be but of the it devil. sounds like the Christians didn't know there was a hand up their butt. <laughs> <laughs> you know? <laughs> they still don't. <laughs> Don't make me. (laughs) Sorry, I'm not trying to offend anyone's religion. Just being funny here. (laughs) I love (laughs) y'all. Okay. There are numerous stories of bizarre events that have involved ventriloquists, puppets, and/or both. Ventriloquists are actually very creepy to me. God, yeah. (laughs) Didn't you do a story about somebody who's I I feel like I did because I remember finding a you, video yes. of like a girl that was raised next to yes. a ventriloquist. Yes. It was a, an actress. It yeah. Was, oh, maybe Lauren I looked McCall at or something. Candace Bergen. Candace Bergen. Yeah. Maybe you didn't do the story on no, it or that's you right. did, but we mentioned it. These things happen. <laughs> These things do happen. Come people on, are internet. Raised by by people are raised by ventriloquist, <laughs> ventriloquist dolls in the wild. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> okay. Sorry, I'm probably remembering that your really first happened. telling. Okay. Another thing that really happened is that there were puppet seances. That oh my God. Segue. I know. <laughs> this was during the Victorian spiritualist movement, which we love to talk about, which for some reason we have a lot of info on. Yeah. There were seances and puppets and ventriloquists. So like in 1910, a scared citizen wrote the New York Times about a seance Uh-oh. party in which mediums claim to commune with the dead. Well, that's like, that's what a seance is. Yeah. Right? Yeah, that's, okay. Yeah. Duh. In the letter, the writer describes a trumpeted medium who used a telescope horn like megaphone to deliver messages from the dead. Apparently, the medium became Satan's puppet during the seance or something. I don't know what happened. Oh. But... The words or the reaction or the dead from beyond were actually coming from, believe it or not, nearby male or female ventriloquists. So they would hire, there's several people, like you go into a seance back in the day and they've got everything worked out. They've got who's going to wiggle the table, who's going to like. Who's going to kick the other guy underneath the table. Right. Who's going to talk, you know, who's going to misdirect person when the things levitate and whatnot it was a way to trick the bereaved people into believing that their dead relatives and friends were communicating with them they would use these trumpets and i guess they're like megaphone i keep on thinking it's like the old-timey version of the god mic (laughs) right or do you remember in pete's dragon in pete's dragon oh who was it Mickey Rooney had an ear trumpet. That's what I was thinking. That's the hear out it's of. It's the hear out of, of yeah. but this maybe is... It, it, the visuals, that's what I think of yeah. when, when they talk about this. 
they say one example is the mediums would hold the large end of the cone, like trumpet, near their mouth. And then they would whisper into the instrument without moving facial muscles. And also while engaging in casual conversations with other individuals seated around the table. Oh, I'm going to have to find a megaphone or just like roll up some paper or something and talk into the big part. I was, like, was going to say like, you're doing it wrong. Right? <laughs> <laughs> because that, yeah, it, it does. It seems like you're doing it wrong. But obviously this is what they use to trick people. Huh. But it was the ventriloquists around the table that were actually like but it was putting the voices in well, there. It was either the ventriloquist around the table or it was the person not moving their mouth while yeah. talking. They were okay. being a ventriloquist. And they were being, a, they were being Satan's ventriloquist. Gotcha. Basically. Yeah. Let's talk, and we cannot talk about strange puppet tales without talking about Florida. <laughs> <laughs> I Church puppets this. don't count. <laughs> in Sebastian, Florida. Let me just tell you, as somebody that just recently went to Florida, and it's been a while since I've been to Florida, there is some crazy ass billboards. Oh, my God. How many gun billboards did you see on your way down? Have those eased up since Mm -hmm. like all the shit that's gone down in Florida? Actually, I've seen more gun billboards Mm -hmm. in Alabama than I did on my little segment of road in Florida on 75. Okay, well, that's an improvement. I saw a lot of basically... Armageddon. Mm. Oh, the Jesus zombie, zombie billboards. The Jesus zombie. I've seen the Jesus zombie the billboards. Jesus zombie billboards are rampant down there right now. Oh my God. It is like oh the most, like, I almost ran off the road. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> I know. It's like you see them and you're like, they did not. <laughs> I know. I was like, are they being for real? I know. And then it's just like, like mile after mile after mile. And I was like, y'all need to look these up. The Jesus on people words are something else. Or something else. And then you're like, baby alligators. I'm like, oh, (laughs) yay. I see them. I'm looking at them. I hadn't seen them. I almost said the Disney zombie billboards. Ooh, that should happen. Disney's CG. Anyway. Okay. (laughs) Anyway. Sebastian, Florida. It was about an hour and a half north of West Palm Beach. In 2015, a homeless man appeared in a parking lot of a public grocery store in that town. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. That was such a... Bless you. That was a very extreme sneeze. <laughs> I thought you were <laughs> being possessed. Me. <laughs> ah! <laughs> this guy, this homeless man, was in this parking lot in Florida, and he had a human skull and was using it like a puppet. What <laughs> issue? I knew him. He was using the act of puppetry to make someone in the shopping center call the police. Oh. Like on purpose? On purpose. Oh. Because he was going like, hey, <laughs> I'm a live skull. <laughs> Where did I come from? Where's my body? <laughs> Oh, my God. (laughs) And so the police came and at first they thought the skull was fake, as you would. And then the officer got close and he smelled the skull and just the decay. And so, of course, they went in. It says, you know, they didn't at first they didn't know where it had come from. Uh, And it's because Florida and 
a lot of Southern states account for almost 75% of all unidentified people that's reported there to the National Crime Information Center. So a lot of people go missing in Florida. Oh, shit. I would think, too, just from listening to a lot of, like, podcasts, and you've talked about it before, the decay is much faster down here, too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So if you find unidentified remains Mm -hmm. because they're not preserved, like, in the cold weather there. Right. Yeah. And so... The remains actually came from a transient John Doe who died in the nearby wooded area. And the guy in the parking lot was basically using correctly because having taken a puppetry class, (laughs) you when you talk and you don't think about this, I never thought about this. And Randy um, Blades taught me this, that when you talk, the only thing that moves is your bottom jaw. Mm -hmm. Your top jaw is stationary. Mm -hmm. So when you're doing a puppet, the only thing that should be moving is your thumb Mm -hmm. because the top part is, if you're going to make it realistic, should be stationary because that's not how we talk. We don't talk like throwing our top jaw back. That would be so funny. Ah. (laughs) Right? It's scary. If you watch watch bad puppetry videos, it's hilarious because their heads are just like, wow, wow, wow. And it's because that's the easiest way to do because we can open up. It's very hard to manipulate a puppet mouth. Yeah, yeah, with just your thumb. Right. So think about that next time you're watching puppetry. And think about how hard it is to hold your hand above your head for like, 45 oh. minutes straight while moving oh your hand. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Total respect for puppeteers, yes. people, and Jim Henson and all of his Frank Oz and all those people. Yes. So let's talk, let's talk about some terrible, horrible trigger warning puppets here. Yeah. Mm. In 2013, and this is the stuff of fucking nightmares. This is the pedophile puppeteer show. Oh. Uh, there's a man in Boston named Jeffrey Portway, aka. That log pin, that was his online moniker, right? Uh, He pled guilty to the distribution and possession of child pornography and solicitation to commit a crime of violence. When Portway's home was searched, law enforcement found thousands of computer images and videos of child pornography, as well as exchanges of child pornography between Portway and his online acquaintances. In addition, the police found photographs of children. Y'all, this is gross. Being cooked and prepared to be eaten. They were like kept in a metal cage with a circular hole for feeding. It was like still top tables. And this was like found in his home. And And they got in pornography, not murder? Various kinds of metal bondage equipment. There was also a child-sized coffin made in plywood. Actually, I kind of stopped. Yeah. Because it's so disturbing. Yeah. It is so disturbing. And that's, I remember when we talked about this before, because the there's like a, a well-known serial killer from New York called Albert Fish. Oh, yeah. Old, old, old. From the turn of the century, from mm-hmm, like the, mm-hmm. the 1920s mm-hmm. at the latest, I think, who did, I mean, literally the same yes. shit. Mm-hmm. Like, He's known, murdered yes. children. And that's, you know, I've told the story before on here about the puppet show I saw that was based on the life of Albert Fish. It's fucking mm. disturbing. Fucking disturbing. They also found that he had been making plans with other men to kidnap and sexually abuse children. One of the men was a puppeteer and he had plotted to kidnap the children with whom he worked Uh, at a puppet show at a local Florida church. Ah, Church puppets. No. Right. Just uh, 
The puppeteer was Ronald Brown, and he ran a party business and website called Puppets Plus, which <laughs> promised grins. I'm sorry. And, I know. That, I shouldn't have even laughed at that. But. I know. But it, yeah, it, it's so gross that you can't do anything but, yeah. you know, throw up or laugh. It promised grins and giggles for children. So in 1998, when police officer pulled Brown over at a traffic violation and noticed several pairs of boys' underwear in the vehicle, uh. Brown responded that the underwear belonged to his puppet. Um, he just puppets made, don't have, like, like bottoms. That's where your hands go. Right. Exactly. There's the whole trial and they went to jail and stuff on this. And recently he wanted out because of COVID. Oh, shit. But I don't think they did let him out. Sorry, dude. Yeah. This, you yeah, just gotta I'm, get it like the rest like, of us. <laughs> right. This episode shit. is not... Get your vaccine and... Uh, yeah, fuck him. He needs to die. Well, I'm sure they would give it to him right. in prison oh is my, my point. God. Oh, right. my God. Well, he didn't get out, obviously. Yeah, and he did not get out. There's, we could really do a whole episode on this fuckery and yeah, man. nastiness. But then and we grossness. would all be just depressed and Gross. horrified. Already need a shower right now. Yeah, man. Let's talk about being harassed by a puppy. Ah! So in 2017, Dave, <laughs> David Simpson. Dog. Oh, no. Sorry. Yeah, right. <laughs> was a ventriloquist, David Simpson, in Warwickshire, England. He was questioned by law enforcement after his puppet, Griswold, the super dog, was accused of sexually harassing a woman. (laughs) So Samson claimed that that event did not occur because Griswold does not have the ability to talk. Oh, what a skeeve. Right? So officers then questioned Samson for over an hour about the event, which allegedly occurred while Samson was promoting a Valentine's Day show outside the Bull's Head Pub. The woman claimed that the puppet made countless sexually abusive comments and then hid in Samson's trousers. <laughs> From there, the puppet allegedly asked, why don't you come and have a fill of this? In response to this claim, Samson argued with Griswold. Samson argued that Griswold would not fit into his pants. And the outcome of the investigation was unclear. Really? Yeah. So nothing came of it? Nothing came of it. Oh, Hurry. my God. Yeah. That reminds me of the dog that was on uh, Conan O'Brien. That's what I was thinking. The insult yeah, dog. The insult. Triumph. Triumph. Triumph the insult dog. The insult but he comic did dog. not go into Conan O'Brien's no, pants. He did not. He, he was, insulted he Conan only, too. <laughs> he did not. Maybe yeah. he insulted some of the guests with his cigar in his mouth. and He was not. That he was not Griswold. Not that kind of insult, gross. The next little snack pack of puppetry mm-hmm. here is the farting hippo puppet. Ah! <laughs> so in 2014, funny. In 2014, CBS was involved in a lawsuit concerning <laughs> Bert the farting hippo puppet, <laughs> a toy hippopotamus from NCIS series. Oh, oh that's right. NCIS. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so after appearing, I'd love to have been like the prop person. Be like, okay, we need a hippopotamus that you shove your hand up in, and then it's got to fart. <laughs> I feel like we Make looked it. this up before, and I have mm-hmm. to do it again. You know, I need one by five o'clock. <laughs> Bert the hippo became a very popular figure, as you would guess, right? 
To capitalize on this, CBS began to offer Bert the Farting Hippo merchandise on its online stores. And then CBS was like, hey, this is great. So we're going to contract with U.S. manufacturers to produce 30,000 more farting hippo puppets. (laughs) And they were like, great, we can do that for you. But CBS got greedy and they said, you know what? We can reduce cost and make more money if we manufacture the farting hippo in China. Oh, They like removed their contract with the U.S. manufacturer. And went with China and the U.S. manufacturer had all these farting hippos <laughs> and they had all this money in hippo farting puppets that they sued CBS Good for copyright infringement and recouping like the lost profits for going over to China. While all the lawsuits were pending, CBS pulled all Bert the Farting Hippo merchandise from the store, which temporarily made the Farting Hippo puppet a scarce commodity. In 2016, the company settled the lawsuit, but did not make the terms public. I'm going to guess that he's probably not for sale now. Oh, eBay. But if you could get him on eBay, what's he going for on eBay? Actually, some people are like $25, but I'm betting that that's with like $70 shipping. (laughs) Right, as they do. And some of them are, you know, start at like $70 and go up. But there are multiple people on there that have him. So if you want Bertha Farting Hippo, it looks like he's got like a, a, like an S&M, like a a leather collar on too, as a bonus. (laughs) It is in CIS. As a bonus. All right. So my last little snack pack of puppetry here is talking about gay rights since we're in Pride Month, which Pride all year, y'all. Pride all year. This first appeared in the late 1990s. We have the puppets Chica and Tika, who are in numerous ads for the Israeli or yeah, the Israeli electric company, like the electric company, like U.S. electric company, Israeli, Israeli, right? No. They're very much like Bert and Ernie. Uh, the commercials depicted the two puppets on a paddle boat in the Dead Sea, <laughs> driving on the convertible, <laughs> hanging out on a couch, sharing a room with two single beds. Uh, many viewers speculated that the puppets, you know, sexual orientation were very similar to that of Bert and Ernie. Bert and Ernie. The question reached like a high point in 2013 when the puppets welcomed a baby puppet Aww. onto the ad. In the ad, Shika and Tika were in a living room talking to a pink baby puppet with a puff of bright orange hair. And I think Shika has orange hair. The commercial then switched to a hospital nursery scene where the baby was sucking on a pacifier and Tika was congratulating Shika on the child's birth. And a third scene in the commercial, Shika and Tika are sitting on a park bench with the child and the ad was suggesting that the clean air at the park was caused by clean energy production. So in response to the controversy about the puppet's sexual orientation, the um, Israeli Electric Corporation issued a statement that the commercials was just intended to communicate the company's message about clean air and electricity. However, the spokesman for the Israeli National LGBT Task Force said, you know what? Shika and Tika have been gay for years and will <laughs> always be gay. And I totally agree with that. Another supporter of diversity and human rights and civil rights was Jim Henson. And Jim Yay! Henson, the ultimate hippie. The ultimate hippie. 
in a small town and a small museum in Leland, Mississippi, there is a Chamber of Commerce building that holds puppets, memorabilia that honors Jim Henson and his creation of Kermit the Frog. And that is because the birthplace of Kermit the Frog is Leland, Mississippi. Kermit the Frog was actually donated, like, or a version of Kermit the Frog was later donated to the exhibit by Henson's wife, Jane. Was he from Mississippi? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. Yes. So Leland. Leland, Mississippi, which is the birthplace of Kermit the Frog. Jim Henson was actually born September 24th, 1936 in Greenville, Mississippi, which is like 20 minutes or 15 minutes from Leland. Okay. And he was raised in Leland. So born in Greenville, raised in Leland, Mississippi, which is like smack dab in the middle of the Delta. Mm-hmm. Poor Mississippi, just like you think, y'all, have told, y'all have heard me talk about the Delta mm-hmm. before, how it's just like its own place. He, Jim Henson was raised Christian scientist, which I found very interesting yeah. and really haven't run into much Christian scientists uh, affiliations since being like in elementary school. I remember there were some children there that were Christian scientists. And if you've never heard of Christian scientists, they are like a return to primitive Christianity and its lost element of healing so they view and we talked a little bit about this when we talked about when shamblin Mm -hmm. they view disease as a mental error and rather than a physical disorder they felt like if you are sick um, you should not be treated by medicine or a doctor but by prayer and they sought to like correct the beliefs responsible for the illusion of ill health Mm. You know, if you're sick, I'm sure how scientist really jibes with that. I like, know the Christian so scientist science. Yeah. I'm like, yay! And then I hear it, and I'm like, no, not so much. Yeah, not so much. And well, I, and I remember kids like being sick and not being able to go to the doctor. And I remember mm-hmm. like maybe reading articles in Reader's Digest or something, mm-hmm. you know, about Christian scientists and their beliefs. And it's really, it really is a detriment to their followers. Mm-hmm. You know, so. well, it's not far off from even. Hindu beliefs, like mm-hmm. the, like Ayurveda and stuff. Not that I'm saying they would say don't go to the doctor, but there's a lot in right yoga that's like <clears throat> the reason you have these fin- physical manifestations is because of some emotional spiritual block. Right, right. And you know it's what? Probably a very common religion. You can thing, like actually right. You can have things that you can like pray about and then go to the doctor. Yeah, I was right, going right. to say, I think the difference lies in that that line of like, right. so then you don't take advantage of the scientific no, right. resources that are available to you. Right. You know, I think most most don't cross that line. It sounds like this one does. Right. Right. OK, so that's how he was raised. And I just found that interesting. So that's why I included it. So Jim actually introduced Kermit in 1955 and Kermit serves and still serves as like the everyman protagonist to many of his numerous Muppet productions mm-hmm. and all the things that he's the straight man. He is the straight man. I love Kermit, man. He has the best songs. Except when he goes, ah! <laughs> right. <laughs> so Kermit the Frog is is speaking of like the physical puppet part of Kermit is a very simple hand rod Muppet and is usually controlled by one puppeteer. And like I said, puppeteering is hard. And they made Kermit out of like this really flexible material, which means that he can pull off a wide range of expressions using 
just like a slight adjustment of fingers. Mm-hmm. So the puppeteer could make Kermit like convincingly small and frowned and act worried, all just with like the hand and the thumb. Yes, like where your knuckles go. Where your knuckles go. He like, was originally a sock puppet. Like when he was Oh yes. When he was conceived, it was literally a sock. Right. Right. And it still behaves like a sock. Yes, exactly. Yeah, you can pull in and like purse lips and like all, all that, right? Kermit's unique voice, which I found this very interesting. Henson took inspiration for his voice from an impression of a guy doing an impression <laughs> of Marlon Brando. <laughs> <laughs> which is really crazy. It's like, so he's doing an impression of a guy doing an impression of Marlon Brando. And that's where Kermit's voice came about but i think henson kind of settled into kind of a variation of that and if you like listen to like very early you know 1955 1956 you can hear you know the difference between that and then henson doing kermit later on in life like the 80s 70s and 80s so kermit first appeared may 9th 1955 and he premiered in uh, the WRC TV's Sam and Friends program. And this was kind of a unlike prototype. This wasn't like full on permit realized yet. He was built using a discarded turquoise spring coat that belonged to Jim Henson's mother and two ping pong, ping pong ball halves for eyes. And that's how we made mm-hmm. our puppets in Randy's class. Um, and I used a blanket. So you can use like any. And this is what floored me. It's like, there's no like official puppet making like material. It's mm-hmm. like really whatever you have at hand. If it's flexible enough and you can sew it, you can make a puppet. And ping pongs are great for eyeballs. Initially, Kermit was like this really vague lizard-like creature. He made you know, like numerous television appearances before he really gained status as a frog. Mm-hmm. It was until like 1969. So. He had been on TV like a really long time before like they decided that he was going to be a frog. And what kind of tipped it off is like they made him a collar that was they called it frog light because it's like his pointy collar. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. I know the collar that mm-hmm. made him frog light. And that's when they like declared him a frog. A frog light? I don't know. I was like, how? But it is. But he also started saying Kermit the frog. Do you remember how he oh, always put the yeah. emphasis on the the? It was like Kermit the frog. <laughs> the frog, right? Yeah, but it's something about that collar that no frog so odd. has yeah. that just make him a frog. Is it I can't unlearn that he's caught. Con- Kermit the Frog. I don't know. The, the yeah. Frog. Kermit so it's hard for frog. me to say that he looked like a lizard because I'm never. Well, without, the history's too strong that he's a frog. It is very odd because he would be. I more, keep on saying without the collar, would he look more like a lizard? But really, we know that there's nothing about the collar that makes him like a frog. Mm-hmm. How odd. And we'll long arms that. that he has going this around. around. That like, kind of thing where like, like you're like, going to get high and you're going to be like, I just don't. Right. It's it's baffling. You don't even have to be high. It's like, I need answers to these questions. How, like, is this learned behavior? Is this somebody saying he's a frog because he has a collar? And we're like, okay, because we accept this. We grew up with him with a collar as a frog. So right. now the collar means frog. The collar like means frog. what it means now. <laughs> exactly. The collar means frog. Kermit was said to be named after a guy, Kermit Kalman Cohan. That's a name. That is a name who worked as a sound engineer during uh, Jim Henson's time with Sam and Friends. The time that he got the collar, 
was the time, November 10th, 1969, that Kermit started on Sesame Street is when Sesame Street started. And he was part of the main cast. And Sesame Street is also where he sang his iconic song, It's Not Easy Being Green. Oh, I thought that was the Muppet. Mm-mm. Started in oh, Sesame. Cool. Hmm. Some fun facts about Kermit. Kermit wasn't the original star of The Muppet Show. There were two pilots that were produced in the process of developing The Muppet Show, but neither one had a frog running the show. Kermit appeared in both The Muppet Valentine Show and The Muppet Show Sex and Violence. Oh, my God, that's right. (laughs) But it was only as a secondary role. He wasn't the, the lead host. The lead host of the Valentine's Day show was a guy came, called Wally. And I looked Wally up because I was like, I don't remember Wally in any of the Muppets. And Wally was definitely a product of the 60s and 70s. He mm-hmm. was like this hip fellow, shades, groovy threads. <laughs> like He looked like 70s. Like if you could say, I need a Muppet that looks like the 70s, mm-hmm. Wally. Oh. Yeah. Nigel, who was the stressed out director of Sex and Violence that uh, showed in 1975 he worked as the host instead of kermit and he ended up being like when the muppet show came up and kermit take took over nigel became the orchestra director and he looks like just an everyday kind of joe but mm. he ended up being the um muppet orchestra person oh. what, did, what did they call the person with the baton like, conductor conductor thank you so the muppet show Sex and Violence aired. Yeah, in, man, we need to talk more about that. <laughs> yeah, 1975. It's like how, like, I don't think they could have gotten away with that name in nowadays, which is kind of weird. But the thing about Nigel that looks show. Like a fraggle. Sorry. Go yeah. Ahead. No, the thing about, you know, the Sex and Violence show, it was a parody for the, the proliferation of sex and violence on TV. Nigel, Sam the Eagle, and the hmm. hippie bassist Floyd Pepper prepared for the pageant based on the seven deadly sins with the Muppets representing the sins of envy, anger, gluttony, <laughs> vanity, oh, wow. lust, greed, and sloth. So this was like a whole show that kind of set up, was kind of like the, the pilot before the Muppet show launched. Oh, amazing. I'm putting this on my watch list now if I but can find yes, it. Yes, absolutely. I think it, you know, it must live somewhere. It's got to live somewhere. And in these intros, you know, they introduced several new Muppets. I mean, Sesame Street had already been going on for, you know, six Which, years or that's so. That's the part that's super bizarre to me is that Sesame Street was already happening. Right. And then they did a show called Sex and Violence with the Muppets and Sesame Street didn't get completely like bombarded with boycotts from like <laughs> the evangelical right. You know what I mean? Right. Like, that's what would happen today. Like yeah. if, the, if one of the Muppets but, said but anything about sex thing. on any like other format, they'd be like, no more Sesame Street. But Sesame Street was created for the inner city for mm-hmm. black child. Yeah. At the heart. Mm-hmm. And that's why, you know, like you talked about Jim Henson being the ultimate hippie mm-hmm. is because he was totally into education and lifting people up and civil rights. Well, and that's why it was a PBS show. And that's why it was a PBS. everybody could access PBS. It wasn't. Because that was at the beginning. Well, no, that was before the beginning of cable TV, I guess. But it was public access television became like really, really important after cable came in because people couldn't afford cable. Right. So, yeah. So it was Mr. Rogers and Sesame Mm -hmm. Street is is what you watch. People also introduced was Sam the 
Eagle, Dr. <laughs> Teeth, Janice. I love Dr. Mm-hmm. Teeth. Well, uh, I love Janice. I loved her mm-hmm. hair, man. She mm-hmm. just like, whip it around. She's like the California girl yeah. from she, the band, right? She is. Three's, big lips. Three's Company. Who's the blonde haired? Christy. Oh Christy my God. from Three's Company. Yes. That's who she reminds me of. Flipping <laughs> the hair, right? Chrissy. Chrissy. Janet, Chrissy. Yes, Janet and Chrissy and Janet was Jack. the dark haired girl. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah, Mr. Roper. And Mr. Roper. Okay. Uh, Zoot Animal, Swedish Show. <laughs> Zoot. Uh, Statler and uh, Waldorf. Statler and Waldorf. Yes. The original gay couple. Exactly. Yes. Past puppets from Sesame Street like Kermit the Frog. Ralph the dog and Bert also have cameos in this little sex and violence deal. In earlier versions, I don't know what earlier versions refer to. I'm sorry, I just got lost in my notes. But it said Miss Piggy and Gonzo were there as well. Hmm. It's just one big Muppet smorgasbord, (laughs) right? Jim Henson and Kermit are from Mississippi. Unfortunately, Jim is not around anymore, but the Muppet franchise still lives, unfortunately, I say, through Disney. Oh. And it is said Henson's closest collaborator, Frank Eyes, Mm -hmm. also says that he believes that the stress of negotiating with Disney led to Henson's death. He stated this actually in 2021 in an interview, and he said that the Disney deal is Probably what killed Jim. It made him sick. So I'm going to talk a little bit about Jim's death. But didn't death. he have cancer? No. Oh, God, that's right. You know no. what's funny? You've already told me this story in an interview. I told you. I forgot. Mm-hmm. So in 1990, Jim told his publicist that he was a little tired and had a sore throat, but that he believed um, it would go away soon. And in May 12th of 1990, Henson traveled to North Carolina with his daughter, Cheryl, to visit his father and his stepmom. And they returned to New York City the following day. And then Henson canceled a recording with the Muppets that he had scheduled for May 14th. That night, Jim's estranged wife came to visit because he was having trouble breathing when he woke up around 2 a.m. And on May 15th, he started like coughing up blood. Mm -hmm. He suggested to his wife, maybe even offhandedly, that he might be dying. So I don't know if he was serious about that. Yeah, the consumption. But he did. He said that he didn't want to take time off from, you know, his schedule and visit the hospital. However, two hours later, Jim agreed to be taken by taxi to the emergency room at New York Presbyterian Hospital in Manhattan. And shortly after admission, he stopped breathing and oh, was shit. rushed into the intensive care unit. So he had his lungs, his chest x-rayed, and he, they saw that they had, he had multiple abscesses on both of his lungs as a result from a previous bacterial infection. So Henson was placed on a ventilator. Sounds a lot like fucking COVID, yeah, right? Yeah, man. That's all I was thinking. Henson um, was placed on a ventilator, but quickly deteriorated over the next several hours despite increasingly aggressive treatment with multiple antibiotics. Although the medicine killed off most of the infection, it had already weakened many of his organs, and he died at 1.21 a.m. the following morning. He was 53 years old, so he wasn't much older so than us. So basically like that. Yeah. He said that Henson died from streptococcus pneumonia, oh. an infection that caused by bacterial pneumonia. 
Since then, Steve Whitmire took over um, as Kermit's handler and voice after Jim Henson died. However, in 2017, after 27 years, he was fired Mm -hmm. after an unacceptable business conduct issue. He said in an interview, because nobody's like outright saying like exactly why he was fired, but it was a ABC said like it was because he was disrespectful and or being outspoken on a character issue with top creatives there at ABC's during a series that they were doing. He said that it was over or he disagreed with uh, Kermit. They had Kermit lying to his nephew Robin about the breakup with Miss Piggy. And Whitmire said that I don't think Kermit would lie to his nephew because Kermit was too compassionate to lie to him to spare his feelings. So there was like some artistic Ooh. license. It's an odd like thing to yeah. have fired over. But it was also kind of mentioned too that he was fired over a union issue. Oh. Sounds so, more likely. Yeah, that's probably more likely. Mac Vogel uh, is currently Kermit's new um handler and voice as of 2017 so if y'all want to take a road trip and Mm -hmm. it's like one of those things like we all want to take a road trip yes (laughs) go by and see the birthplace of jim and kermit it's not a place to like go and stay yeah (laughs) it is like an afternoon on your way to new orleans or (laughs) in an afternoon on the way up to go to morgan freeman's ground zero blues club in clarksdale mississippi Or maybe if you're going to the Delta Blues Festival in Greenville, Mm -hmm. you can just sweep by uh, Leland, Mississippi and go to his little two room exhibit. It is right there on the bank of Deer Creek where Kermit was supposedly birthed and all of his thousands of nephews and brothers Mm -hmm. and sisters live as well. It's one and a half miles west of the intersection of Highway 82 and Highway 61. Uh, the exhibit was given to Leland by the Jim Henson Company or, yeah, as a gift to the people there. And there's a tableau honoring Kermit um, and his birth on Deer Creek and photographs of the Henson family album and a gift shop. It's free. You don't have to pay admission, but you can always donate. And that is my snack pack of puppets and southern muppets and jim henson yay and i have to throw in that if you are not in mississippi but you're in georgia the center for puppetry arts in atlanta has like one of the only massive collections of jim henson approved yes um puppets on display i still need to go see that it's pretty fucking amazing yeah and and it is it is also like a henson family foundation supported Mm -hmm. organization and they have I mean, they have an entire wing that's just dedicated to him. So that's super cool. Absolutely. If you're weird like me and you like puppets. Are the Muppets. No. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much for listening. We appreciate you so much. And we will talk to you soon. Bye. 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 Okay, Randy. You can start now. Okay, we're clear. Bring him. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Randy. <laughs> okay, okay. How's he even going to put this together now? He's going <laughs> to. I hope he listens to. I hope he includes the fart noise. <laughs>